What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the State of California, joined by Patty Rising and Brett Burkhardt. In San Francisco for the APEC conference, President Biden is going on the offensive against former President Trump, lashing out at him over immigration. In the meantime, things have really gotten ugly at Congress, where former Speaker Kevin McCarthy stands accused of assaulting one of the men who helped take his gavel away. And that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to a deteriorating sense of civility in American life right now. Uh, With a Senate hearing almost turning into a fistfight yesterday, a second congressional hearing getting pretty nasty. Of course, a lot of anger and confrontation on college campuses and high school campuses, too, over the war between Israel and Hamas. Tensions are running high in a society that seems more polarized than ever. For more, we're joined live today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by political sociologist Mindy Romero. She's founder and director of the Center for Inclusive Democracy at USC's Price School of Public Policy. She's also the president of the board of California Common Cause. Thank you so much for being with us. All right, you know, it does not seem that people have a very common cause right now. They seem to be uh, fighting over diametrically opposed causes, and the democracy seems like it's becoming less and less inclusive. I mean, Capitol Hill, it's like the 1800s with, you know, former Speaker McCarthy of Bakersfield accused of delivering a, a sucker punch elbow to his adversary's kidneys. They had an angry confrontation in the hallway in front of reporters. A lot of tough words there. Also in these other two hearings I mentioned, what in the world do you think is going on here? Well, since you mentioned history, I can say it. I'm sure we're all glad that at least we're not seeing duels, right? Um, as we saw, for instance, between Hamilton and, and Burr. Um, you know, uh, I think that there's two, there's really two ways we have to be thinking about this. This is what really what's going on in the country, right, and the world. What's going on in the country, though, with regard to polarization and the ever-increasing kind of divisiveness, as you've mentioned. And then there's also what's happening within leadership within Congress. And we have seen leadership deteriorate. We have seen kind of a resetting of norms. We're seeing an evolving set of norms in terms of behavior, what is acceptable, rhetoric, how they engage each other. Um, and also, quite frankly, I think their commitment, right, for, for much of leadership now. Um, and I mean this, by the way, both for Democrats and Republicans in, in many ways, their commitment to actually getting something done. So the political calculation, right, the playing on that or utilizing that polarization for, own, for their own personal, not in all cases, but in many cases, their own personal advantage of being able to hit that soundbite, right, being able to say something that gets attention, donors, support, even if it actually, of course, causes, doesn't get, doesn't get something done, but actually causes um, further damage. I think it's a sad thing out of all of this, right? We just think of it from an institutional perspective. Right. You teach at USC. You live in Davis. You spend a lot of time in academia. Uh, nerves seem really shot right now over the Mideast situation. Are things starting to cool down at all, or is everyone as hot as ever and really struggling to see other people's points of view? You know, it's a difficult situation, right, all the way around in that part of the world, and certainly the tensions between um, the two peoples have, have, you know, this is this has been going on for a very, very long time. So I, I don't need to tell any of your listeners that. You know, um, what we have to look to is, is what is our leadership, right, as a nation doing? What is the Biden administration doing um, to help or to hurt? Um, of course, it's making its own political calculations as well. Uh, you know, how does it navigate a difficult situation and its alliance historically with Israel? You know, but I would say that... Um, 
you know, it, it, I'm, I don't want to speak for my campus, of course, but generally speaking across college campuses, it is, it, you know, we hope that it's a place where students can talk about all kinds of difficult, challenging, personal, political issues. And this is one that's really, really tough to do, right, because um, it is so uh, fraught with emotion, with history, and I know that so many professors, just generally speaking, colleagues I've talked with across the country, have a difficult time just navigating it in the classroom and often don't talk about it in the classroom, right? Um, so I, I, I don't know. I could go many places with, with, uh, with your question, but um, it's, I think we're – I'm cooling down. I wouldn't say so. I think, you know, the, certainly the people that are living through the experience um, wouldn't say that. And I think we're still seeing what our political leaders, both here and abroad – how they respond, how they potentially help, how they hurt uh, the tensions, and of course, most importantly, how they ha- how they help or don't help the people involved. Right. So let's talk about the political leaders in San Francisco last night. President Biden likened Donald Trump to Hitler and said his immigration plans echo the language of the Nazis. What do you make of that? Well, you know that's that's also language that many could consider rhetoric as well, right? Um, you know, uh, Biden, and many have already pointed out, you know, uh, makes a, a good point himself about using the term vermin, right? Uh, Trump used that term, and that is a term that the Nazi leadership used uh, with regard to the Jewish people. Um, you know, whether whether that was intentional by Trump um, or his uh, his team is another story, right? We don't know for sure, but, um, you know, that kind of language is dangerous, period, um, talking about rooting people out um, is dangerous in our political environment, especially now. So I certainly see why the president would want to call that out. At the same time, in the way he's calling it out, to be fair, you know, also, right, um, stirs up um, some anger um, and and headlines, right, that, uh, that maybe also additionally escalate. I'm not saying that's not the right way to do it, but, um, you know, uh, we're, we're just all of this is a preview for next year. All of this is for a preview for the 2024 election cycle. Um, they are campaigning against each other. They have been right since prior to well, since 2020. And every step that they make is is, uh, we hope, at least some sincere in some way, but also a, a political move in terms of campaigning. Let's just, you know, make sure we're looking at it through that lens as well. Of course, yeah. And through that lens, I'm wondering if you think, is it smart for President Biden to go after Donald Trump now, uh, you know, before Trump even has the nomination locked up? And from President Trump's, former President Trump's point of view, you think he's emboldened by, you know, he looks at these polls, he sees Biden's not doing very well, he's not popular. He's always had the sense that he can get away with anything. You think that's why he's floating some of these ideas now that, you know, people might find anathema, but he thinks he can get away with it now. Well, like you said, though, I think he's always thought he could get away with it, right? That is his style, his MO. That's what's brought him a lot of attention. Some would argue that's what got him in the 2016 election. Um, you know, I uh, do I think it makes sense for Biden to engage with him now? I think Biden could be engaging with him a lot more now. Um, but we're not in the full swing of the election. And, of course, many people are looking to see how his legal fights, Trump's legal indictments, right, play out. Um, and there's also, um, you know, uh, kind of watching to see if anybody rises up Right now, we're not seeing that at all, but anybody becomes a, a strong contender as all of, all of the legal elements kind of play out. Will Trump be as strong as he looks now in six months 
Um, and anything can happen in politics. Um, so I, you know, I don't know exactly what the campaign strategy is on Biden's end. Uh, he gains a lot um, just by mentioning Trump in a lot of different ways, potential donors and so forth. But I think he could be doing a lot more. And we will see next year when he's in full swing, assuming that Trump is his main um, uh, adversary, if you will, in, in the election. We're going to see a lot more. So this is just really a precursor. Yeah, it does. Uh, a lot of people think President Biden hasn't really engaged enough yet, and now he's uh, starting to come out swinging as we get closer to 2024. Thank you so much for your yeah. time, Mindy Romero, founder and director of the Center for Inclusive Democracy at USC. Uh, yeah, difficult situation in the country and around the world right now, and uh, who knows if things are going to get better as we move into 2024. You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available on the Odyssey app, and wherever you get your podcasts, you'll find me on Twitter, at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS. <laughs>